You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. COVID-19 is something that we must take seriously. I hope that you're all staying home. I hope you're all staying safe. Much love and respect to all the people that are working out there right now in the service industry, in the healthcare industry, to all of the policemen and firemen that are pulling double shifts to keep us all safe. Stay inside. Do not go outside unless you have to. Order your food. There's a bunch of options out there. It's very important that we take this serious so that we can just get ahead of this and put this all behind us so that we can enjoy normal life again. I am personally missing going to see some extreme metal shows, hanging out with my brothers and sisters while watching some extreme band on stage. I am missing the fact that I am not on stage. I can't wait till everything goes back to normal and I can drink some craft beer with my friends in all of the great craft beer breweries here in Montreal and around the rest of the world. Today I'm with Zachary Ezrin from Imperial Triumphant. This is Vox and Hops episode number 123. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Zachary Ezrin from Imperial Triumphant. It is so good to be with you. I was very disappointed that Devastation on the Nation sadly had to be postponed due to COVID-19. We were supposed to be hanging out together in Toronto, in Montreal, in Quebec City, but sadly everything had to be postponed. But here we are in the comfort of our own homes, speaking to each other face-to-face, thanks to the internet. Uh, how are you doing? How have you handled everything that's been going down? Uh, so far, you know, I'm taking it a day at a time. We're just trying to recover from the, you know, the investment loss of the tour. But everyone in my band is healthy and safe. So that's pretty much all I care about at the moment. And we're just looking towards the future and trying to stay creative that is what uh, a lot of people have been telling me is that they are writing they are using this time to create which is something that is going to be beautiful once this is all over we're going to get a bunch of really amazing focused albums because there's not much else for us to do right now exactly it's going to be whatever comes out of this is going to be very interesting i'm sure take me back to your youth a classic vox and hops question when you were growing up in your house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents listen to? What music did your guardians listen to? That's a great question. Um, I grew up in uh, a household. I guess like my family was very in, into jazz. You know, my grandfather played jazz. My uncle played jazz. But my father doesn't play jazz. He was really into like Steely Dan and... D'Angelo and kind of like uh, Chris Bodie or uh, who else is into um, Joe Jackson, like 80s shit like that. And I always hated it because that's what you do <laughs> when you're, a, you know, a kid. And now, I, now that I'm like totally into Steely Dan and I totally regret spending all that energy hating it. <laughs> and not, not, not diving in earlier. Yeah, exactly. And I'd be like, wow, these guitar solos are pretty good. These drums, <laughs> these drums sound amazing. <laughs> for, for, for myself, my father was so into Metallica that it took me a long time because I ended up becoming a new metal child. So it took me right. a long time to appreciate any bands with guitar solos. Really? 
and like immediately became dad music. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, you know, different dads raise their kids on different music. And, you know, you got your Bruce Springsteen dads, you got your heavy metal dads, the you know, the Steely Dan dads like of mine, you know, like it's all just like whatever it is, your kid just fucking hates it, I'm sure. <laughs> That's why we've always joked in Cryptopsy that uh, maybe we should be playing like hip hop in the house, complete opposite stuff so that when our kids rebel, they'll end up being metalheads like us. Probably, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we just keep pummeling them with Cannibal Corpse all week, they're going to end up hating it when they're 15 years old. They're going to want something completely different. So Yeah, and then you get like some 25-year-old kid who's like, oh, I just got into Cannibal Corpse. You couldn't believe it. (laughs) I hated it it all my whole life. (laughs) Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with metal brothers, drinking some craft beers. Oh, nice. Tell me about what you got in your hand. Most Normally we do this face-to-face and we're sharing a beer together. Tell me about what you picked up there. I picked up a uh, pint break from Cisco Brewers, which is literally just a maybe a mile or two from where i am right now it's a double ipa very smooth 8.7 and uh, i gotta say it's like it's it's a pretty smooth beer for like a double ipa it's not doesn't have too much i guess hops or uh that kind of atmosphere that's awesome it's very very important i like that it's from a mile away yeah because right now with the current situation it's very important to drink local craft beer as you mentioned, uh, you guys put a lot of investment and you're hurting from the postponement of Devastation on the Nation. Uh, so are the craft beer breweries because all their tap rooms are closed and people can't go in and have the whole tap room experience. You know, they're purchasing food. They're drinking a little bit more. They can only sell cans to take away right now up here. And they can't even really do that in certain places because of regulations. It sucks, but it's important to drink local craft beer right now everyone out well, there what are you what are you drinking i have a, it's a a very metal yeah image right there. It's a little baby cat it's very cute this is called hop rush this is a session ipa from noctum artisan brassard from quebec city had we done the quebec city or next year when we do quebec city and devastation on the nation right i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna bring you to noctum huge shout out to matt tremblay i have a feeling that he probably took part in brewing this he's one of my friends that works out there it's a nice, uh, smooth session IPA. I've actually never had a Noctum on the podcast before, I don't think. Oh, this is the first one. Very nice. Pours out sort of like milky haze. Not quite oh, wow. opaque, but quite nice. Uh, they hop it uh, generously with Mosaic Equinot and Vic Secret Hops. It's a nice session. It clocks in a little bit lower than yours, which is up at 8. Mine's down at 4.5. It's a perfect way to start off. A very long day of editing podcasts to get stuff out tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, man. Cling. Thanks for thanks for having me. Mm, good, smooth, little uh, hot bite, but not too much. Crisp. I love my Noctum. <laughs> my Noctum Artisan Brassard, very very much. Uh, I've been following them since they they started out here. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I'm not so much. I, I I guess I enjoy beer, but I'm not so curious. I've never dived so much into the the world of it. I'm more of a tequila drinker. But, um, you know, if someone gives me a craft beer, I, I can definitely have the palate to appreciate it and the, the, the skill that goes into making it a bit uh, 
more like deeper than a Budweiser, you know what I mean? As far as flavor palette goes, I can definitely appreciate it. I'm just not, I'm not a huge beer guy. If if Imperial Triumphant is pint break, then uh, Metallica is Budweiser. Exactly. That's how that's how I look at craft beer. Yeah. Take me back to your first experience with beer. Do you remember that growing up as in a, as a unruly yeah. teenager? What what's that that first beer story? It was well. This is a great question. No one's ever asked me. Uh, I was like 15, which was I know a bit late to be getting into drinking, but. I was hanging out with some friends from school. Uh, I grew up in New York City, so we all, we, we, like the one kid who was like the oldest looking went into like a bodega to buy, <laughs> to buy beers. And he bought, he came out with like big 40s of like uh, Corona or Modelo or something. And we went out to Central Park and, and drank them in the, under a tree, like me and like three other dudes. And, I remember just getting drunk from like literally 140 and being like, this is fantastic. You know, I was like so hyped about it. It's like a Seth Rogen movie right there. It was completely, yeah, completely childish and hilarious. But uh, no, it was a great time. And I definitely drank a lot of beers in my youth. And only recently have I scaled down to just you know, mostly just tequila, just because, you know, I'm getting older and it's, uh, it's, you know, six beers, seven beers, especially on tour, you know, it can just crush you. You, you know what I mean? You, you probably tour more than me. And it's just like, it, it happens. It happens. It's, it makes you nice and tired and you have to pee every 25 minutes. Yeah. 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 And you get to the, the club and, and you say to the promoter, like, Hey, so do we have anything to drink? And they go, yeah, we have whole case of beers for you. I'm like, oh, we had beers last night. <laughs> I guess we're going to drink these too. That's, that's never a problem for us. <laughs> we're, we, need, we need more. We need more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. Uh, Cryptopsy is what, five piece? We are a four piece. We've been a four piece since 2013. Oh, wow. So there's more beers to go around then. That's right. And, and not everyone enjoys the craft beer. Shout out to Flo. Much love, brother. He's, he's getting on the craft beer train, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm super lucky that when I tour the States, there's a whole bunch of Vox and Hops heads that come out and bring me craft beer. Oh, see, that's how you got to do it. It's become really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Donnie Hill uh, for giving me that idea. What about your, your first gig? You, you started... What, what first concert did you go to? Growing up in New York, you had a plethora of options to choose from. My first, like, gig or, like, I don't know, I guess my first concert was, ah, uh, I mean, I, I, I used to lie for years and say it was Metallica, <laughs> but it was, Metallica was really my second get first gig. The first one was uh, Joe Jackson. My uncle, who's a jazz pianist, he played, he played with, he was touring with him. And so I got to go to like the Beekman Theater and see them play. And it was honestly amazing. But then I went to, you know, Nassau Coliseum and saw Metallica play. And it was the wildest show of my life. And considering it was one of the first, it was setting the bar pretty high. And, and then, you know, living in New York City was a really great opportunity to uh, see a lot of international acts and stuff. And it was really, I was really lucky to catch as many as I could. You know, back when like BB Kings was still a, an all ages kind of thing and stuff like that. I remember my dad would take me to like a couple shows as well. I think he took me to see Nile. Really? Which was pretty. Yeah, he was kind of a cool dad. 
you know, supportive of that because he definitely didn't dig that shit. But he was like, yeah, I don't, you don't have anyone to go with, so I'll take you. How did it go from from Metallica to Nile? Ah, dude, it's just, I love the intensity, man. You know, it started with just proto-metal bands like Zeppelin and Hendrix. And then every time I would hear something heavier, I would just go, oh, this rules. You know, and I liked, as a teenager, I feel like you were, if you're like kind of a metalhead, you have this excitement about aggressive music and wearing it as a slip, you know, a bat, like a, a patch on your sleeve where you're like, you are into the most aggressive, you know, that's kind of like, it's almost like you've taken on as a personality where that's, that's so cool that you have this exotic taste or whatever, you know, I mean, obviously that's all bullshit, but I think it's, I, I think at the time I was really excited about just trying to listen to the most extreme music and you know, get into it. It was funny. I originally went to go see Nile because they, I wanted to see Behemoth and I showed up and I had missed them because that's how early they had gone on, you know, and now they're, and now they're huge. <laughs> yeah. Time, t- times have changed. <laughs> yeah. Now they're huge, but literally like, I should have been like eight thirty, and they'd already played. And so it's quite funny, but, um, yeah, I just always was seeking out like the, the, the deeper, more dark, heavier, whatever it was, more distortion, more complexity, more blast beats. It always kind of appealed to me. And then you took that and you transformed it into Imperial Triumphant. Ah, uh, yeah, over many, many years. You know, Imperial Triumphant. Yeah, Imperial Triumphant's been like a brainchild of mine, I guess, because it's if you listen to all our old catalog, it's very, very diverse. Because I probably should just come up with a new band name but instead i just kept it so there's lots of different eras you could say but uh it's kind of cool in that sense because you can watch the band kind of evolve into what it was i think truly meant to be which is what we are now i love that new record it's it's very disturbing oh thank you so much the the perfect description of that word and I'm disappointed I didn't get to see it live yet because the whole stage get-ups. Yeah, yeah, that stuff rules. The production is 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 interesting. Not a lot of bands do it right, and I have a feeling that you guys are one of them that are going to do it right. Yeah, I know. It sucks that we didn't get to play because we were thinking like, okay, we only get 30 minutes to play for the opening band. Let's just go balls out. Let's go the most extravagant we can in the... 30 second time period we have, you know, like, let's just put together the craziest live show that we can afford, you know, just because we want to be remembered. And, you know, the next time we play, we'll still do that. So there's no worries. But uh, it's a shame we did, we're we not on tour right now because it would have been a lot of fun. Let's give a huge shout out to uh, Daniel Defonce. Yeah, seriously. For pulling it together so quickly and turning it around so quickly and getting it all postponed to next year. He's amazing and... We've only been working with him for about a year now, and our entire, it, it, everything has just been elevated. You know, working with Defonce and Continental is just wonderful. Definitely, definitely a shout out. Take me back to your first gig, you on stage. Ugh, horrible. That's, that's what I want to hear about, yes. <laughs> Probably like. I mean, we were, I was, you know, doing Imperial Triumphant when I was 16 in, in high school, just with some high school kids and 
we did a couple talent shows and we were playing even at other schools talent shows you know like (laughs) (laughs) it was sick like there was some i guess word had gotten around about how heavy we were and like there was an all-boys school called browning and you know it's like your typical all-boys private school where they all have like you know the, the jackets and the khakis but because it's an all-boys school, they're so fucking rowdy and they have all this fucking energy because they literally don't talk to girls all day. <laughs> and then they, like, we got on stage with, like, spikes and we were trying to look like Norwegian black metal band, but we we're 16 years old and sucked at playing guitar. And they all, <laughs> but they all went berserk. They all just went crazy because it was just heavy music and they needed that outlet. So that was, like... That might have been the first time where I was, you know, playing a show and the crowd was reacting in a positive way and they were just like, what the fuck? So it was a really good experience. And I think as, you know, a performer, that's like the greatest feeling is having the crowd react and just love what you're doing. And it's so self-validating in the sense that you spend all this time and sacrifice doing this idea that you have which is usually in in our case like very extreme and not lucrative and kind of people always look at you like what the fuck are you doing and then you get on stage and people treat you like you're a genius or a god and and you're like all right that's right (laughs) i got hit up yesterday by a friend from elementary school i sadly don't keep much contact with any of my friends from elementary school and she's like, oh, you're like really big. And I was like, <laughs> it depends on which circles you're talking about because uh, not, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but it depends in the circle. Yeah, you say, yeah, I'm really big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always very honest and humble. It's, it's just, it's a part of my nature. <laughs> uh, what would be like a dream tour that you have not done yet? Uh, a band that you would love to play with? You miss Behemoth. I mean, if I'm going to, I would love to play with Behemoth. I'm not going to lie. That would be great. I would love to play with, you know, any of the the big heavy metal bands opening for Metallica. I would love to do like a fucking stadium tour or something like extremely lavish like that, where there's just an absurd amount of people and you, you can never, I, I have no idea what that would feel like to play for that many people. But I also would love my real dream, I think, and I can speak for the whole band when I say this, like it would be to do a tour where we have carte blanche with the production mm-hmm. and we can really get creative because that's kind of the direction we're heading in. And we've it's been very DIY up to this point as far as the masks, the cloaks, the lights. You know, we bring our own lights because we want it to be a great show no matter where we are, whether we're playing, you know, Roadburn Festival or we're playing a tiny shithole in Torino. Like, we want to be, like, give the audience the, uh, the same experience. And to, ha- to have a tour where we can really put a lot of money and development into that stage production would be awesome. Because we're going to play the same every time. You know, we're, we're going to crush it. I got Steve Blanco. But, but the experience for the fans will be that much more. Yeah, I want to make it crazy. And that's hopefully where we can take it in the future. Did, did you clo- did you grow up close to Broadway? Is that why? 
<laughs> no. I actually, I've been to a lot of Broadway shows growing up in New York, and I've hated all of them. <laughs> Except for, uh, no, no, Lion King is pretty sick, because the, the production is pretty insane on that. But all I, all I hate, I hate musicals, man. They suck. They're not, they're not evil enough for you. No, I've never, I've never seen a musical where I've heard the music and went, oh, it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch a little bit on uh, COVID-19. Uh, how, how have you been handling, coping, being isolated, being cooped up? You guys, uh, the, the tour got postponed just last week, two weeks ago, uh, right before you guys were supposed to leave on the tour. Take me through the days leading up to that and what you guys did. Oh, that was the fucking worst. I don't want to talk about this. It was like I was having such a great day, and then Trump announced the travel ban, and I knew that like the tour was over because three headlo- the three bands heading the bill were not going to come. And you know, we tried everything we could. I said like, oh, maybe I said to Defonce, maybe we could do just like a short West Coast run. You know, we because we already had our plane tickets and shit. And he was like, look, it's not a good idea because, you know, California nightclub uh, venues are already like shutting down. And then, you know, it's devolved into what it is now. But, you know, we all we all basically split up. You know, I'm, I'm up in Nantucket right now with my family and uh, my girlfriend and Steve Blanco. He's down with his family in uh, Florida and Kenny's still in Brooklyn. But uh we're just really looking forward to like when we can get back to rehearsing and shedding the new material which we're already like so excited to share with the world and hopefully you know this stuff will clear up by the summer when we when we uh hope to start touring again how long do you think that the entertainment industry is going to take to recover from the impact of covid I don't know, man. I'm seeing tours getting canceled that were scheduled for June. So it's really bad. And I know people, you know, in all levels of the entertainment industry, and even like, you know, at the very top where, my, you know, my problems couldn't, could, are like a, a tiny little pebble. You know, these are people with serious money and they're getting fucking hit with it. So it's, it's, it, who knows? Maybe something positive will happen from it maybe the the entertainment industry will evolve you know i'm seeing a lot of digital or online streaming shows maybe that'll become a thing who knows i you know necessity spawns a lot of creativity and invention so we we can only see but uh, it's kind of it's kind of dark it's scary that's for sure i'm scared for 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 the future of the industry i'm scared because even even when the shows come back and the tours start happening again how are you going to postpone everything it's, it's kind of dark man and you know there's already tours booked in those venues at that time i just i'm i'm an opti- i'm an optimist man so i hope uh i just have uh you know positive ideas i hope that it will come through i don't want to think about how terrible it could become because especially because imperial is really a live act and we aren't just a studio band but you know i'm just thinking like okay this will this will pass and it will be just a a, you know a serious part of history but 
how funny is that, you know? History always repeats, and we're literally slipping into the 20s with another depression. <laughs> I don't want no prohibition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Vox... Then Vox and Hops becomes like a secret radio channel, you know? Yes, underground. Maybe I do. Uh, how about a, a virtual reality concert experience? We need like some... Yeah, man. Uh, that could be... That could very well be... Yeah, that could very well become a thing. There's definitely going to be a lot of new things that come out of this because there's... Def- like I said, there's people in this industry that have way more money invested way more money going around than in the metal world and those people are getting hit just as hard as we are but on a 10 times you know heavier so i think those people with the resources can maybe hopefully shed some light on where to go with this you know it's not like this super famous pop singer is still touring you know what i mean nobody's touring so we're all in the same boat where where can people go and uh pick up some merchandise from you guys because i'm sure you guys ordered a bunch of merch for the tour we have so much merch <laughs> we have so much merch they can go to imperial triumphant.bandcamp.com that's our you know our personal official merch store we have a lot of merch there you can also go to evilgreed.net which is our european distributor and they have other merch that you can also buy but you know we still get some of it like the royalty of it and all of that definitely has helped and i do want to say thank you to all the fans that have bought merch in the last couple weeks which has really helped dig us out of our hole and save us from you know a lot of stress because you know we did you know, have to invest a lot of money to get this tour started. And what would have been a very lucrative and explosive tour has been, you know, canceled, unfortunately. So that's life. Let's let's go back to, to craft beer for a little bit to round this out. If you could make a Imperial Triumphant beer, what style of beer would it be? And what would it be called? It would be called, uh, it would be named after one of our songs, uh, Swarming Opulence. We'd call it Swarming Opulence. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, of course, right? You have to go with a, uh, a silly pun. I think I would do something, I guess something, I don't know, man. I would just want to make a beer that would be fucking delicious. I feel like a lot of bands, they when they make beers, they want to go extreme because their music's extreme, and then they make this beer that tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't want to name names because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I've definitely tried some banned beers that are just just too extreme. Like, they, they, they taste terrible. Like, I would want to make a beer that everyone's like, yo, I know I love Imperial Trevor, but I got to be honest, like, subjectively... Or objectively, like this beer is great. So you need like a like a drinkable, <laughs> hoppy ale. Yeah, like a like a, a fucking sick ale that you could just throw on some ice and you know drink with like a I don't know a nice fish or seafood dinner. It's very metal. <laughs> <laughs> I dude, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> 
I don't know too much about beer, but I know that it's like it's really good for seafood, right? That's right. I'm, I'm a vegan, so I'm no good at any of that. Yeah. Oh, so I'm I'm told that like you have like clams or lobster and like a nice cold beer is classic. No, I drink beer with everything. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> How many beers do you drink? How many beers do I drink? I try not to drink too many. What's too many for you? It depends on the night. Depends on where we are. Depends what's happening. Which leads to the perfect, perfect, perfect last question. What is your hangover cure? My hangover cure is the classic. Um, I go out to the, the New York bodega and get a bacon, egg, and cheese and a coffee. And then go back to sleep. <laughs> That's that sounds real good. A nice greasy, greasy breakfast, and it puts you right back to right back to bed. Yeah, everyone in New York is crushing that on the Sunday mornings. You know, <laughs> it's that's amazing. Zachary, thank you so much for coming out, hooking up with me over the internet to drink some craft beer. Oh, it's my pleasure. Cheers, brother. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers. Cling. Stay safe, man. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a great chat with Zachary. We're both really disappointed that the devastation on the nation 2020 didn't happen because this interview would have happened during that tour. I was actually supposed to ride with Imperial Triumphant from Toronto to Montreal and Montreal to Quebec City. We would have gotten to know each other a lot better, but I'm very happy that me and Zachary had a moment to sit down and chat via Zoom for this Vox and Hops interview. Much love and respect to Zachary and the rest of the Imperial Triumphant boys. Uh, if you like extreme dark music, this is a band for you. The entertainment industry is in shambles due to COVID-19. The time is now to support the artists that you love. You, you can do that by buying some merchandise. You can do that by buying some music. Trust me, they need it. Everyone that was supposed to be out on tour are suffering right now. There are albums that are coming out, and those artists are worried that their albums are not going to get enough push because they can't go and perform those new songs for all of you. So go out there, support the artists that you love, because they've always been there for us. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now the podcast about nothing your favorite podcast's favorite podcast do you enjoy nothing <laughs> so do we why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts thank you <laughs>